Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Seacoast Community Church Podcast. We are working through how Christianity transformed the world by Sharon James. And today we are looking at the topic of healthcare. We'll start with a definition, or not really a definition, but a, uh, I guess, looking at the root word of a common word that we are familiar with, that we are familiar with, excuse me, and that is the word hospital. The word hospital comes from the Latin word hospice, or which means, or, or guest. One author writes, a hospital is a place where we practice hospitality, neighbor love to strangers, a bizarre concept first introduced by one Jesus of Nazareth. This has, this was actually an enjoyable read. This particular chapter, I, I think I've enjoyed, not that the other chapters were bad, but this chapter I found particularly interesting and and inter- entertaining. I don't know about you, but I I enjoy reading biographies. And what this book does, it, it gives you just a, just gives you many, many names, many people in, in, in history and in church history who have been pioneers in many different ways. And it's just so interesting just to hear about these different, different individuals, men and women throughout history who have done these incredible things because of their Christian convictions and what, what, what Sharon James shares in these in the in her book with regards to these individuals, it's just I mean it's so small. Uh, I'm sure in comparison to everything that they did and had endured to, in order to in order to do what they uh, in order to accomplish what they accomplished based out of their Christian convictions. So we're looking at healthcare today and and. Here's something interesting, uh, and this is when was this book published? Uh, I didn't realize how how relevant this book was, or how up to the times this book was until oh, because I think it's been updated several times. Uh, well, the copyright was in 2001. Oh no, sorry, it was published in two. Oh yeah, published in 2021. Okay, so right during COVID. So she actually begins a chapter by uh, by talking about COVID, but uh, talking about the some of the hospitals in China in the wake of COVID. So the Wuhan Central Hospital. So there in the hospital, there's a statue of the founder of the hospital, who was an Italian Roman Catholic bishop by the name of, oh boy, Eustachius Zanoli. And then there was a neighboring hospital, Wuhan Union Hospital, which is one of the best in central China. And this was actually founded by the Welsh Protestant missionary Griffith John in 1886. Can you believe that? So two hospitals, one in, both in Wuhan and one of them being one of the best in central China, founded by a, a Protestant missionary. Praise the Lord for that. And it says a few decades before that, American Presbyterian missionary Peter Parker. I'm sorry, I, I, I can't help but think of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, but that's not what we're talking about here. American Presbyterian missionary Peter Parker had founded China's first hospital in the modern sense in, in Gangzhou, 
or Guangzhou, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, and is now known as China's best ophthalmic institute. By the end of the 19th century, more than 100 missionary-run hospitals in China had treated millions of patients. A researcher by the name of William Huang found that Western missionaries established the first modern hospitals, medical schools, universities, nurseries, orphanages, and mental asylums across China. What an incredible witness to Christianity and to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And many these men and women who were driven by Christian convictions, they just were trying to do a good thing. They were trying to just alleviate the the ills of those who were sick. And uh, it's not like they start out by thinking, I'm going to build this uh, this elaborate place to house the sick. It just started small. It was just humble, meager efforts. And they it, it, and just the Lord grew and caused to bear fruit their efforts to then go on to establish hospitals. So continuing on, so I'm going to just talk about just several people that she talks about in this chapter. And uh, before I get to that, as I talk about Christianity being a driving force in establishing uh, hospitals, uh, one person writes, the teaching of Jesus was the dynamic motivation behind the rise of hospitals, orphanages, the prosariums, and hospices for the dying. For those who follow Jesus, the poor, the sick, the homeless, the prisoner, the unemployed, the stranger, and the dying were the focus of the love of God and therefore of human care. Now in Rome, and I love how she continues to bring it back to the Greco-Roman culture and how Christianity transformed the culture for the better. And this also is is largely driven by, uh, by the value and dignity of human life because man is made in the image of God. So sort of a continuing theme here throughout the book. So previously, the only previous hospitals in the time, in, in Greco-Roman times were the institutions used by the Roman army to restore soldiers to their fighting capacity. But uh, so, so fast forward uh, to Basil of Caesarea, born in 330, died in 379. So he left his family wealth and his legal career to embrace a monastic life. And uh, he essentially went on to found a whole complex of hospitals, orphanages, and hostels for the poor. Uh, so absolutely amazing. In the book, she writes, Sharon Jane writes, hospitals were built by Christians throughout Western Europe during the later Middle Ages. By the 14th century, England alone, with fewer than 4 million people, had 600 hospitals. France, Germany, and Italy had even more. The Benedictines were responsible for more than 2,000 hospitals, and in addition, by the mid-15th century, there were 37,000 Benedictine monasteries caring for the sick. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping further down the timeline. Uh, but that is just absolutely astounding. These that Benedictine monasteries uh, cared for the sick and... Uh, and how many people they treated, and and they were able to establish 2,000 hospitals, which is, yeah, again, amazing. The first book 
on or first modern book on surgery was written by a Catholic priest. It was actually a seven volume work. And there's another individual. So going down the, the timeline, Thomas Sydenham, I think that's how it's pronounced, born in 1624, died in 1689. He is remembered as the father of English medicine. And he was very much driven by Christian, his Christian faith and convictions. And he summed up his approach uh, when teaching medicine as this. He says, whoever applies himself to medicine should seriously weigh the following considerations. Number one, he will one day have to render an account to the supreme judge of the lives of sick persons committed to his care. Number two, whatever skill or knowledge he may, by the divine favor, become possessed of, should be devoted above all things to the glory of God and the welfare of the human race. Number three, he's, he must remember that it is no mean or ignoble creature that he deals with. We may ascertain the worth of the human rare, excuse me, we may ascertain the worth of the human race since for its sake God's only begotten son became man and thereby ennobled the nature that he took upon him. Number four, the physician should bear in mind that he himself is not exempt from the common lot, but is subject to the same laws of mortality and disease as his fellows, and he will care for the sick with more diligence and tenderness if he remembers that he himself is their fellow sufferer. Wow. Now, uh, it was the Christian conviction that also led to the establishment of institutions that cared for the mentally ill as well. And she lists uh, several individuals as well uh, under this under this heading. Now, how about how about uh, Christian Christian nursing? She writes: Modern nursing dates back to the pioneering practice of an order of Lutheran. Deaconess, excuse me, deaconesses at Kaiserswerth in northern Germany. This began when Pastor Theodor Fleitner gave refuge to a sick and destitute ex-prisoner and provided nursing care. He then established a hospital with a hundred beds and trained poor women as nurses. By 1894, nearly 8,000 deaconesses were serving in Germany in hospitals, orphanages, in schools, and as parish helpers. Oh, amazing. Uh, Florence Nightingale, born in 1820, died in 1910. She, to her, <laughs> she horrified her parents and devoted her life to nursing, and she transformed vile conditions in the British military hospital uh, in, in the Crimea during the Crimean War. And she spent the next 50 years developing and promoting modern nursing. And she uh, regarded excellent nursing as both an art and a science but all motivated with the christian conviction that each patient has has dignity and then how about hospice cicely saunders born in 1918 died in 2005 opened saint christopher's hospice in 1967 widely considered the first modern hospice and she too was motivated by her deep Christian conviction. I didn't even know that ho that hospice care was established not that long ago. I mean, 1967. So it hasn't been around that long. Now, let me conclude with uh, a story that she writes in, in this chapter. In 1892, a young American woman, uh, Ida S Scudder, 
1870, died in 1960, visited her missionary parents in South India. She just graduated from college in America and was determined to return to India. And she was enjoying, she was just eager to, to go back. And I think she was actually intending to go back to India, but then come back to America and to live in the comforts of, a, of the United States. But there was one particular evening when she received three separate phone calls from uh, from uh, hu from husbands who begged Ida, who is now educated, uh, to attend to their wives because they were each struggling in labor, but Ida had no medical qualifications. And her father was a doctor, but uh, these men uh, did not, just did not, just because I guess the culture, they did not, they, they could not, uh, they could not consider or conceive of the idea to take a man to see their wife who is struggling in labor. And the next morning after receiving these phone calls, she was horrified to learn that all three women had died in childbirth during that during the night. And so her plans changed dramatically. She then trained as a doctor in America and returned to India. And in 1900, she established what would become the Velour Christian Medical College designed to train Indian female doctors. And Mahatma Gandhi actually described this hospital as one of the best, or this uh, this medical college as one of the as, as the best medical college in Asia. And uh, so, and she too was a Christian. So, there you have it: a concise uh, a summary of how Christians really uh, transformed the world, you could say, uh, through the area of, of healthcare. So next week, we'll tackle one more topic and hope to hope that you'll be back for that. <laughs>